This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. This morning, Doug Ford, the premier designate, held a triumphant first caucus meeting at Queen's Park. He needed the largest committee room in the building to accommodate the 76-strong Progressive Conservative Caucus, and that is the largest of any Ontario party since the Mike Harris PCs won their landslide back in 1995. The incoming premier has already slapped a hiring freeze on the provincial public service, given notice that he will withdraw Ontario from its cap-and-trade program uh, for reducing carbon emissions. He's restated his intention to cut the gas tax and just tightened up on expenses by ordering the cancellation of subscription, the cancellation of snacks at meetings, and cut back on travel. The NDP, which is or will be the official opposition, is already gearing up to fight Ford on the hiring matter. They are warning that that could cause uh, hardship in health care, though Ford has said that that freeze does not res- uh, apply to first responders and frontline workers. So I want to know what you think. Uh, how's he doing so far? Numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we are going to Bob Richardson, the senior counsel at National Public Relations and political strategist Jerry Nichols. Hi, guys. Hi, Libby. How are you? Hi, Libby. Okay. How, how, how is Doug Ford doing? Jerry, let's start with you. Well, I think he's, he's off to a good start, at least as far as his base is concerned. And I think after he won the election, there were probably a lot of people within Ford Nation who might have been a little worried is Doug Ford going to get taken over by the establishment? Is he be, going to become like a typical politician and, and kind of forget his promises? And I think Ford acted quickly to kind of reassure them and say, no, I'm still the same Doug Ford. And, and, and a lot of the things you mentioned, the cap and trade and, and the fire, hiring freeze, I think were his way of saying to his base, don't worry, I'm still your guy. Bob? Uh, you know, I think he's off to a good start, too. And uh, unlike Jerry, I didn't vote for him. So uh, I, I think there's a whole uh, series of voters that uh, are taking a long look at him and having a uh, having a see whether they think uh, they're going to like the guy or not. But so far, I think they've been low-key, smart. He's got a number of very good people on his transition team. Uh, he outlined his priorities, and he, he kind of feels that... Uh, he he's going to say what he he's going to do what he said he was going to do, which is uh, which is great. And I think he's also setting a tone very much uh, similar to when Mr. Kretschmann came into office on the smaller spending. Mr. Kretschmann parked, uh, you know, the, the Cadillac and went with the Chevy and and was concerned about uh, some of the smaller items on the spending list. Ford's done that with magazines and lunches and some of the travel stuff. I think it's smart. 
And, uh, you know, after 15 years in government, and I think uh, any, we saw that with the uh, Harper government in Ottawa too as well, you need a little bit of uh, shake-up and you need somebody to open the window and let some fresh air in. That's what these guys are doing. And uh, it's also worth noting that that uh, the first thing he said was that he would stand shoulder to shoulder with Justin Trudeau on the tariff thing, uh, which I think also made him sound quite moderate. Yeah, I would agree with that, too, as well. I thought that was a smart move. Um, it, it showed him uh, that he was, you know, not just a partisan, I think. Some people were concerned that he was going to be very heavily, heavily partisan. I think that that was a smart move and obviously it was important for the Ontario economy too as well. Uh, now, yesterday on this show, we were talking to some experts on the cap and trade law. And it certainly seems to me that this is something where uh, he could really get stuck because he says he wants to get rid of cap and trade, and they were talking about possible lawsuits from businesses who have spent a huge amount of money buying those credits, uh, possible NAFTA challenges, all kinds of, I guess, unforeseen consequences. Bob, do you see that coming down the pike? Well, I think, number one, they were foreseen circumstances. Uh, they just chose not to take a look at them during the election and were very clear that they didn't want to proceed with this or with uh, with a carbon tax. So, you know, this is what happens sometimes when, uh, when parties are in office uh, or, or not in office and they don't do enough homework on something. Uh, look, if he wants to change it, there's going to be some costs here. I think we should try to figure out how to mitigate that with with business how to and how to mitigate the legislation on this uh so maybe he needs to get out of this uh cap and trade uh, scheme on a um on on a on a longer basis to kind of mitigate and prevent some of the uh some of the litigation that could happen from business and and that would help uh, protect the ontario taxpayer but uh there are a few issues like this that are complicated and uh election campaigns lend themselves to simplistic responses and I think we're going to see a little bit of that over the next few months. Uh, Jerry, uh, is, do you see that as uh, his uh, possibly uh, the biggest uh, potential problem on the horizon? Well, I'm not a, you know, I'm not an expert in cap and trade, um, but I know a little bit about politics. And what Doug Ford is doing is good politics. I mean, it's something he promised to do, and he did it. Um, will it be complications? Yes, but that could work out for him in terms of, of political strategy. I think this is part of him kind of declaring war on Trudeau's carbon tax. And again, him fighting Trudeau over a tax, that's good for uh, Ford's brand. It's good for his kind of approach to politics. And I don't think this will be his biggest problem. I think he's got a lot of other bigger problems on his plate in terms of the economy. I mean, he's, he's just taking you over at a time when we're perhaps on the verge of a trade war with the United States. So I think he's going to have a lot of problems down the road. And, you know, Doug Ford's a bit of a wild card. We don't really know what to expect from him. He's never held office before. He doesn't really have a legislative record we can look at. And he's kind of promoting this kind of a new kind of populist politics. So it'll be interesting to see how he deals with all these various problems uh, as he gets into his mandate. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Rob in Mississauga. Hello, Rob. Hi, beautiful day. Yes, yeah, my, it's a gorgeous day. And my my question is, um, 
if you think of uh, um, Justin Trudeau, he has one guy that's been advising him and been helping him, for example, get elected. Who is who is moderating? Who is Doug Ford's main you know main go to person? Who's the person that's saying no, Doug, we can't do this? Yes, Doug, we we should do this. Who is really moderating him? Who's advising him? Well, he has a whole team of people. Uh, uh, the head of his transition team is a guy named Chris uh, Froggett, who is with National Public Relations. Uh, Jerry, who do you think his the most trusted people on his team well, are? He, you know, he, like all politicians, like all leaders, he has a team of, of communications advisors and people ha- telling him how to, how to handle these issues. And I think that's kind of what, what is going to be kind of an interesting dynamic in, in his government, because a lot of these guys are sort of standard, um, you know, conservatives. They work for Harper. They work for the Conservative Party. They're kind of establishment politicians, whereas Doug Ford, as I said earlier, is more of a populist kind of a guy. So there could be a little bit of tension there going forward. In fact, I think one of the things that will be interesting to watch is will the PC party take over Ford Nation or will Ford Nation take over the PC party? Um, would you say that uh, right now, looking at it, it, it sort of looks to me like um, maybe it's uh, half and half. It's a marriage of equals. Is that uh, is, does does that look right to you? I mean, I'm definitely f- further away from it for than you are. I think he's definitely listening to his transition team. He's got some good people on that uh, team. Chris Froggett's a good example. Uh, John Baird spent ten years in the provincial legislature, ten years in the federal house knows and understands politics, and had 10 portfolios. Uh, Mike Coates, a longtime sort of political operative in the Conservative Party, knows and understands government well. So he's listening to some folks with some fairly substantial experience. But, you know, my sense is this is a guy that has his own ideas and his own thoughts. Uh, and quite frankly, they've served him pretty well politically. So, you know, I think he's going to take advice, but uh, I think he's also going to do what he thinks is right at the end of the day. Jerry? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, again, this is this, you know, this could be a source of tension, you know, heading forward if his advisors tell him to take action which might anger his base, whose side is he going to take? Um, I suspect he'll take his base's side, at least I think he has so far. Um, but you know, who knows? Again, it's a uh, it's it's all a bit murky right now as you look forward because we're we're, we're kind of in uncharted waters when we're talking about a uh, Ford premiership. And uh is there already the uh, sort of uh, the struggle for his ear? Who has uh, who who gets the most FaceTime and who gets to be listened to the most? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of that, and one of the reasons is a lot of these MPPs aren't his candidate. They were candidates that were recruited by the previous leader Patrick Brown, so there's going to be a little bit of tension there in that. He just doesn't know these people that well. So this is a little odd and a little peculiar and hasn't really happened when, you know, other other can, you know other governments have been elected. Mike Harris, most of the people who ran for him, you know, ran because of Mike Harris. Same thing with Dalton McGinty and so on and so forth. He inherited this thing. So that's a bit of an – it's going to be a bit of an uneasy marriage there for a while until everybody figures it out. Okay, Rob, have we answered your question? 
Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, Rob, thanks for that. Okay, uh, everybody hang on. We have to take a quick break, and we will be right back with more on Doug Ford's first caucus meeting and his priorities and what you think about the tone that he's setting now and the things that he's doing first. He's given notice that he's going to get rid of cap and trade, and uh, he's cutting back on uh, snacks, subscriptions, travel, and hiring in the civil servants. Uh, So before we go to break, the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we will be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about Doug Ford, the Premier-designate, and his first caucus meeting that he held today. And uh, everybody we've talked to so far seems to agree that he is doing a good job so far, even people who are not his natural supporters and who did not vote for him, except I think uh, Maria in Toronto disagrees. Hi, Maria. No, I did not disagree. I'm just sitting here and listening. I love your show. I listen to you almost uh, all the time. If Thank I you have so much. Time. But the thing is, are you talking about Ford or yes. are you talking about Trump? We're talk- well, we were talking about Trump. Now we're talking about Ford. I know, but this Ford nation and whatever he's doing, he's going to do it. He's going to listen to everybody, but he's going to do it his own way. Same thing. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is... Trump all over again, and I'm in Canada, thank God. Oh, I, you know what? A lot of people compare him to Trump. I don't think that really sticks, frankly. A lot of very uh, major dissimilarities, though he does have that kind of populist Yeah, he has his touch. own base that's just like Trump, and his coordination, and, you know, like, oh my God, what is this? What are we... <laughs> talking about. Anyway, I enjoyed your show and I'm listening and I'm, I'm kind of thinking, again, I'm not against him, but this is politics, I guess. Okay, thanks, Thank Maria. You. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so, uh, uh, Jerry, is, is that thing going to follow him everywhere, this comparison to Donald Trump? Um, yeah, probably, because they, they, they do have some similarities. Um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, Trump or Ford kind of exudes a, a Trump-like persona. Um, but there's also, you know, some key differences between them. And, and, and let me remind, remind everybody that Ford Nation actually predates Trump. <laughs> so um, if anything, maybe Trump copied the Ford Nation template. Um, but, I th- I, you know, one key difference, I think, is uh, Trump is much more confrontational. Uh, when his... Um, when he gave his inauguration speech, recall, it was almost like a declaration of war, right, against the establishment. Whereas Ford, he's been, you know, much more magnanimous. He's been much more, let's all work together. And as we saw, he's already sort of stood side by side with, with Trudeau over the, over the trade war with, with Donald Trump. So I think even though there are some superficial similarities between them, um, there's also, you know, they're also not exactly the same. They're, they're sort of representing different brands of populism. 
And, and uh, Bob, one of the things that I have to say surprised me about Doug Ford as I got to know him a little bit, because his reputation from City Hall was that he was kind of a hothead uh, and volatile, and he seemed like he, it, you, you can't set him off, it seems, uh, even if you're trying to. Well, he seems to have matured. He's been through, uh, you know, a mayoralty campaign since City Hall. He's, you know, uh, run for provincial leader. Now he's, you know, run for premier. So, you know, I think he probably has, you know, a little bit more experience. And I think that's that's been uh, useful to him. He reminds me of somebody else, and it's not Donald Trump. And it's a bit of Mel Lastman. And, um, and I say that in a positive tone in that, you know, he's a populist. Uh, he is uh, somebody who comes with a business background. Uh, he's somebody who's been very good and skilled at outreach to the ethno-cultural communities, particularly in Toronto. Very different than Trump. Yep. He did very, very well in a whole variety of different uh, ridings and areas. Um, if you just take a look at his map when he ran for mayor and also uh, this last time out. So he's reminding me a little bit more of Mel Osman than Donald Trump, and uh, I'm not sure uh, liberals are going to like that, but uh, but I think there's probably more than a little truth to it. Gee, I hope he doesn't call the army to <laughs> clear the snow. <laughs> I, I love that. You know what? The streets got cleaned, and let me tell you, I, I remember being down on the beaches, and the mayor was there, and he was being mobbed by people because he was actually getting stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jerry, do you agree with that comparison? Actually, that's a that's a that's a really good comparison, and I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, he does he does have that aura as well. I think Ford's kind of populism is more of I'm going to listen to the little guy. I'm going to make government more you know accountable. I'm going to make sure that you know that the the the, the, the and, and it's interesting. He's also going after gas companies. So so it's a kind of a populism where he's kind of against big business and against big government, and it's. That's kind of populism that transcends ideology. So, in effect, he could appeal both to the left and to the right. And if he can carry that off, if he can pull that off over the next four years, then, yeah, he could be putting together a coalition that you know, could be in power for a while. Well, that's what he's always said, that his base includes a lot of people who would naturally be NDP supporters. Um, Yeah, as as I said, that's a very interesting uh, comparison that Bob made that that I actually uh, really hadn't thought of either. Um, Again, uh, do you see any pitfalls, like the, the biggest and most immediate pitfall as we wrap up, Bob? Well, I mean, it's economic. It's number one would be the trade issue, uh, hoping that uh, that uh, goes well. Two is just getting a sense. Any new government who comes in wants to take a look at the books and sort of see where things are at. I think where they need to be cautious, and cap-and-trade is a good example of that, is not to get too ideological and make sure that we protect taxpayers as they get out of some of the programs that they don't want to be in. Uh, sometimes people can rush to uh, do things to, quote, you know, get get it off their list their to-do list and uh and uh it can end up costing taxpayers a lot of money so i think there's a few things like like that that'll be important i think um i think he's hit the right tone uh so far with uh, with ontarians i i don't think he's been excessively partisan uh which i think is smart um so i'd say so far you know it's been a, a decent showing but really it's just economic issues that are uh uh, economic issues and the, and the budget that he's going to have to keep a real eye on. 
And Jerry? Well, I think his immediate problem might be inexperience. Um, he might make some rookie mistakes in his first few months in the job. That might throw him off his game a little bit before he settles in. So I think there might be a little bit of a bumpy, bumpy ride in the first few months of his, of his term in office. And we'll see if he can, if, if he can settle in, if he can sort of get the rhythm of being a premier. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, we have to wrap things up. That's all the time we have. Thanks so much to Bob Richardson and Jerry Nichols. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.